So if you if you want to come grab an envelope at the end of the service, it would it would help us out a whole lot. I am I'm moving into uh, something that I used to do every year, and the last probably three years I probably um, uh, didn't do this, and I don't know why. Uh, it's kind of one of those weird things that you just didn't do, I guess, I don't know, but uh, I used to, every, uh, every fall, about this time of the year, I would, I would um, take a day where we would talk about vision, and kind of in, in part a little bit about uh, what we feel that, that God is doing here at Triumph, but also um, really want to, the, the bulk of this message is really talking about um, vision concerning you as a person, an individual, and my use of the word vision today is more than just a dream or a goal. I mean, it's one thing, I mean, how many of you have great dreams, you know, and you're looking off in the future and you're thinking, man, I'd like for this to happen or I'd like for that to happen, and, you, and, and that you certainly need that. You know, matter of fact, years ago I, I saw a, a um, graphic with a, with, a, with a target and an arrow, and the arrow is kind of flying amiss, and, and the caption of it is, that um, without a goal or without a vision, you know, you, you're just aiming at nothing. You're aiming at nothing. And, and if you aim at nothing, you are surely to get it. And, and, and I think that's true, that you have to have these goals. You have to have these, these dreams in your life. But, but dreams and goals, although they are extremely valuable and extremely important, without a plan, if, without some kind of plan that... That, that you set in motion in your life that dream or that goal that you have, you just really will struggle to see it come to pass. I want to use as a key verse, a, it's kind of one of those nuggets, you know, you, especially from the Old Testament. Sometimes you, you can read in the Old Testament, it's kind of ever so often there's a verse that just sort of, for whatever reason, it just sort of stands out among the verses and and this is kind of one of those, those nuggets of truth that are, that's hidden in the landscape of Scripture in Proverbs 16, 9. It says, In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord establishes their steps. This word establishes, many translations is translated as directs, that, that, that the plans that we have are formulated in our heart, but that it is God himself that that directs our steps. And I would like to say it like this, that when our plans are God-honoring, God directs our steps in them. That when we allow God to direct our steps, taking it one step further, our vision for the future becomes extremely profitable because I'm going to help you discover today that, that, um, that God plans on us being a success. And I believe that's not just us corporately, I, I, and I certainly believe that, that God plans on us as a church to be a success, but I am thoroughly convinced that God plans on you personally being a success. I think sometimes we, we lose sight of that, and, and I'm going to try to help you, help you gain some sight in that today, but, 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 but in this verse, there's this clear, there's this clear directive that that there's something about us having our plans, that we're going to set our vision, that we're going to have this tremendous goal, and we're going, to, we're, going to put, we're going to put some plans behind that goal. But in the midst of all of that, there is a God who is so interested 
He is so interested in our lives. He is so interested in who we are that, that he himself is establishing every step that we take and he is directing us in a way as to lead us to that, that profitable place, that happy place. You know? I mean, how many of you like to go to your happy place? Come on, somebody. You know, just find that place where... And I'm going to tell you this, that, that often it's very difficult to even... To even see that coming to pass, especially if you're going through situations in life that are difficult. When there are, you know, have you, have you ever lived in a time where you had more question marks than you had exclamation points? You know what I'm saying? You just sort of, you're just sort of out there, and you, and, and it's very easy in those moments to think to yourself, "Well, where is God, or where am I, and am I going to make this? I'm going to survive. Is everything going to be okay?" It's hard to see that God is still involved. He is still intricately involved in this vision that, that you have. And although you may not understand why you feel what you feel now, maybe you don't understand why you're going through what you're going through right now, if you can somehow bring yourself to a place of trust, that I just, that I just trust that God's got this. I mean, his, his word is replete with that. His word is replete with this understanding that, 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 that we can trust this, this God that we serve, that we can trust him with our lives even when our lives don't make a whole lot of sense. I see there are two aspects of vision that I want to talk about today. And, and the first aspect I'm going to spend a little bit of time on, and that is, that is vision for the church. It was kind of what, what are the next few months look like? What are some plans that we have in order to facilitate a better ministry, not only here in our church, but also to our community? What, what are some things that, that, that we have planned for that? But, but also, I, I want to end it, and I want to spend the bulk of the time uh, talking about God's vision for you. And I, I think it's a very fitting thing to talk about. For those of you who weren't here, we just came out of a four-week series called Construction Zone. And, and I figure it like this, since we're under construction, we might as well have a plan to see where it's going, right? So, I want to first bring to us the understanding that we are, we are strongly, we are strongly looking at expanding our overall mission of the church. And, and that is to love God and to connect with others and to serve with excellence. We are, we are working diligently to make our weekend experiences under love God, make our weekend experiences the, the best they can possibly be. And, and, and we've expanded and enlarged on the Arab Connect groups. Matter of fact, this recent uh, semester that we just launched last month um, for our Connect groups, we had a 633% increase in number of Connect groups that were launched at our Connect group launch party. Come on, somebody. Yeah. And... and, and and those of you that have actually participated in a connect group this past month, we, you know, preliminary numbers right now, but as it stands even right now, we've had over a 60% increase. Say, so what, what are you, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? Well, we want, we want to make connection with others such a vital part of what we do as a community that, that it, just becomes, it just becomes a part of, of our DNA, that this is just what we do. It's what we do. And finally, to serve with excellence, to be a part of our dream team and 
find places to serve. Well, that's really important to us, that everyone finds a place to fulfill their purpose. Let's say, you, you know, you, 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 you fulfill your purpose when you find your purpose. You, you, you have the opportunity then to make a difference, and, and there, there's nothing more valuable in any of our lives than for us to, to live in such a way that we actually make a difference in the world in which we live. Matter of fact, that is one of the strongest redeeming qualities that we could possibly have, the morale booster, this thing that, that, that we're not just living life for ourselves, but, but that our life means something beyond just the four walls that, that I occupy. My life has this tremendous value to others and I'm making a difference. How do we do that? Well, I think first we have to recognize for as a church the demographic which, which we're dealing with right now and, and probably will, will you know, be the demographic for generations to come. Read the other day demographic ideas for the city of Glenpool, for instance, which is very important because Glenpool is exploding its way toward our church. You know, I mean, there used to be we we were like out here all by ourselves, like you know, like we're on in no man's land, and we still are in no man's land when it comes to telecommunications. So if you you know, I mean, it's it, it's crazy. I I uh, was trying. We're trying to. We're constantly hounding people to try to get decent internet service here, and I'm really hoping hoping that since this the state's largest car dealership is coming in. Man, I'm telling you what, I'll just, I'm just tempted just to secretly run like a line down the highway, pay for it myself, and plug into their server. I'm sure they're getting something decent. I was talking to a company trying to get satellite, you know, decent satellite internet here and because and, uh, we're checking kids in and it's dragging and all that. And, and, and finally, I get, on a, I get on a phone call with a, with a national provider and that's supposed to be like, like the best, and we're just going to really help you out. And the lady come on and says, yeah, we can do that for you, sir, but it's going to cost you $7,500 a month. I'm like, $7,500? You say, when was this? This was last year. $7,500 a month? She said, yeah. She said, man, the best I can tell, you guys are in internet no man's land. I'm like, well, you're telling me. No, we're not paying $7,500 a month. We're just, if it's slow on you today, sorry. Put it on LTE. You know what I'm talking? You know, you felt like you had no man's out here, but now suddenly, you know, this whole, all this explosion is, is, is coming. You know, we used to pull out the parking lot and didn't see any lights until you topped the hill down here at 151st Street. You know what I'm talking about? Now it's all coming this way. Now, how do we deal with that? I've read this demographic that said that the, that, that, that in the city of Glenpool, over 60% of the households in Glenpool, Oklahoma, have children under the age of 10. Think about that. Think about that. That's, that's why St. Francis is putting a hospital out here. That's, this is because, hey, now, wait a minute now. Think about this for a second. Young families. I have made a commitment that in the next few months we're knocking a wall out, so y'all just might as well get used to the idea that a wall's coming down. Oh, you don't care. But we're going to expand the nursery over here. That's a part of our vision. That's a part of our plan so that we can, we can house more children in this nursery area over here. And I just love taking out walls like that. I mean, it's like almost like a pastime for me. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just expanding ministry, you know, remodel. 
remodel, making, making a difference in, in, in how, how we touch people's lives when they come here. I'm talking about the corporate church right now. I'll get, I'll get to you all in a second. But staying up to date with our children and with our youth ministry and with, with our adult ministry. And I thought, how can we, how can we minister more effectively, effectively to the community of Glenpool? We do a great job ministering uh, to the community south. We spend a lot of time ministering in mounds and, 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 and this area down here. But, but how can we more effectively minister to Glenpool? Well, last year, uh, my pastor came into town, Pastor Brett Jones and from Houston, and, and, and he, we had this meeting with uh, Pastor Bill Shear, Pastor, Pastor Bill Shear, uh, Pastor's Guts Church. Anybody ever heard of Guts in Tulsa? Well, surely you have. Who hasn't? You know what I'm saying? But if you live in Tulsa, you, uh, and they came out here. But Bill Shear came out here to our property. We were kind of doing some, um, uh, just looking things over and getting ideas. And Pastor Brett felt like that would be very, very beneficial to us. And I'll never forget this conversation because we went through this building and then we went outside. And and here's Bill Shear, who is a tremendous visionary kind of guy, an entrepreneurial kind of leader there at Guts Church, and 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 he's he's like rapid fire idea guy. It's like a and just I mean he just starts talking and, and pointing, and and you can't even keep up. And and we we found our way out here on the parking lot, and I went, oh yeah, by the way, we we own all of this property, this ten acres here, we own that as well. And I mean, he lit up. He lit up with this idea of, man, until you guys build on that land, you really ought to develop that into some kind of community sports complex. And I mean, he was talking, uh, he specifically began to talk about, you know, making, making baseball fields or something that, that, would, that would add value to the community until we need that land to, to, to expand um, our facilities on and and, you know, that's one of those things that you just sort of, you say, man, that sounds like a great idea. And you kind of put it in your, your pocket and you, you sort of think about that for a while until last week. I was approached by a member of our congregation, um, Jamie Willehite, was approached by him last week. Uh, he is over the Glenpool Soccer League. And he's like, we have 137 kids that are in our league right now, where they're already playing their highest grade level on our property. I, I just told them, man, you know, they, were, they ran out of room up in Glenpool. Even in the new uh, complex that Glenpool built, they ran out of room, and, and so they moved those age groups here. And several of the teams already practice out here on our property, have this year, did in the spring um, uh, of this year, and then they've, they've done that again in the fall. And he's like, man, he said, I just wonder what would happen if, if, if you guys would just be willing to partner with us. He said, we're, 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 we're raising some funds, and, and it, but man, if the church was willing to partner with us to expand these, this field over here for us to put more soccer fields out there so that we can, number one, practice all of our teams because the, the Glenpool soccer area doesn't have enough room to do that and, 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 and then just to bring more games out here because you know we already are, are playing certain levels out here but to be able to have this available he said he said in the spring we're thinking we're going to have probably 200 maybe or more kids in our league and he said man I just think and this was the thing that got my heart he said man 
I warned you, didn't I, Jane? I, I warned you about this. Okay, I'm making sure. I just had this thought. He's sitting right there. But, I, I, but he said, man, I just, I just, he said, I just really felt like that this would just be a, a really great way for our church to, to just do something for the community. Which is exactly what Bill Shear said last year. Which is exactly what he said. Now, Bill Shear was talking baseball. We're talking soccer. I mean, it's apples and oranges, right? You know? But, but, but I thought, man, that would, be, that would be an awesome opportunity for us as a church to, to further develop our commitment to the community while at the same time uh, seeing, seeing children ministered to. And I don't think there is, I don't think there's an end to what we could do in, in this area. Matter of fact, um, our assistant um, children's pastors came in there. They're heavily involved with basketball. And they're saying now they're, they're wanting to expand that and wondering if our facilities, our gym facilities could be used to, to do that. And I'm like, Sure. See, this is a part of our plan, that, that, that we have this plan set in motion to, to, minister, to minister to people with children. And I mean, it, it's indicative of what God is doing here in our church because more and more families with small children and, 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 and grandchildren are, are, are coming here. And, and how do you accommodate even that and... Well, we had the answer for that 15 years ago. 15 years ago in a business meeting, we, we purposed in our hearts that we would, that we would put up um, one of these. I Tyler, have you got that slide? It's a, we, one, of, one of those. My biggest challenge is to keep the adults off of it. But, you know... to put up one of those. And, and, and so Pastor Trent and I have been in consultation with people uh, this week talking about uh, purchasing one of those. I mean, that's a significant purchase. And I, I made mention of the fact that we could save 35% just doing the work ourselves. And we had enough guys in First Church say they would be willing to help put that. I, mean, I, kinda, I had tools show up that I didn't know people owned. You know, I'm like, why are we digging holes when, with our hands when, we have, when you're here and you, ha- you have one of those? Yeah. To be able to do that. Make a commitment. It's a financial commitment to do that, but to make a commitment. That begs to say to you know, where we're going to put it. I'm gonna, where we're going to put it front and center. I've toured several churches this week with playgrounds, and there was, there's... One striking thing in all of them that I noticed is that they all have an area, a concrete area with little tricycles on it for children to run around. Because kids just like to drive around in circles. You know? And I thought to myself, well, we already have that in the front of our building. We already have that. There's a couple of lamp posts on it right now, but we already have that to incorporate that slab into a playground out front. That way when people drive down the highway, they can see that we... That, that we as a church have made a commitment to families with small children. That's a part of our plan. That's, this is our plan. I mean, it goes beyond this, but this is what I'm presenting to us today, that, that, that when, you do, when you make a commitment to do this, then you begin to 
add that redeeming value into the lives of people and recognize that everything I've talked about so far will take commitment from us with time, with talent, with treasure. I recognize that. But at the same time, if all of us that call Triumph our home church are willing to partner in these endeavors. All right, I love the, the Grow Network we're a part of and the, the, the pastor that started the Grow Network is Pastor Chris Hodges. He pastors in Birmingham, Alabama. He pastors all over Alabama. They have like 14 campuses now with their church. They have over 50,000 people in weekly attendance on all of these campuses across. And, 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 and they, they, have, they have developed such a culture of generosity in that church that people are just willing to give of their time and their talent and their treasure. They've, 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 they've developed such a culture of generosity that even financially now they... They operate all of these campuses, 14 campuses, all of these dream centers, all of this stuff that they're doing. Uh, they operate all of that, a Bible school. They operate all of it on, fifth, on just a little over 50% of what comes in on, on the weekend tithe and offering. Just a little over 50%. And I, I, was, I was watching some things that he was saying last week. And I mean, I know that they're talking about opening three more campuses. Every one of those campuses are going to cost in excess of $6 million to develop and they're going to develop all of those campuses cash. They're just going to write a check because they have the surplus because people are so faithful to give that, that, that they're able to expand this vision. And so you can do that without a strain. And, 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 and I mean, it is a cliche, but it really does uh, ring true that teamwork will always make the dream work. So that's talking a little bit about the church. Now I'm going to talk about you. Because this, I think, is something that, I mean, we just don't get very well. See, here at Triumph, we love God to help people know God. We connect with others to help people find freedom through accountability. We serve with excellence to help people discover their purpose and to make a difference, which is extremely important. But what we, what we don't realize a lot of times is that God's, God's vision for us is amazing. Like, like God has this amazing vision for you in your life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says it like this. For I know the plans I have for you. Now he's talking to Israel here in the Old Testament. But the principle rings true throughout the Bible. That this principle of what God is telling them in Jeremiah 29 11 rings true throughout the entire Bible. It, 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 indicative of the sacrifice that Christ, that Christ did for us, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that, that his plan for you w- w- was so amazing that he would even go to great lengths to make it happen. He says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God's plan for you reveals to us that none of us were an accident. So, I mean, maybe you need to rewrite some of the perceptions you have about yourself. Maybe I should be the one to stand up here today and say, yeah, I know we're not perfect, and I know that everything isn't uh, always like we think it ought to be, but, but there's not a person in this room that is a mess up. There's not a person in this room that is a mistake. That God himself is, is 
so interested in you that whether you knew it or not, he got you here today to hear what I'm about to say. Whether you recognize it or not, whatever your plan was for today, that God himself directed your steps and somehow or another you landed here for me to be able to stand here and tell you from God that he loves you and that he cares for you and that he is highly interested in your success. That God does not get any pleasure out of your pain. And that whatever is going on in your life, just just take it from me. Since God directed your steps here today, I just need to stand here and very plainly, very clearly say, you matter to God. You are important to Him. In fact, I, I find this to be true in, in the 139th Psalm. Now, now, let's take a second. Everybody take a deep breath. The compiler and writer of many of the Psalms was a man in the Old Testament named David who became king, who also had tremendous triumphs. Yay, David! David slew Goliath, but he also had some very deep failures, and the Word of God doesn't hide those failures. The Word of God doesn't gloss over it like, oh, well, you know, just tell all the good stuff about David. No, there was some pretty dark stuff about David too, and yet God himself said, David is a man after my own heart, and God called him friend. Huh. So here's this guy that has that has this life of ups and downs. Does that sound familiar? Here's this guy who had, who had triumph and tragedy. Does that sound familiar? Here's this guy that sometimes rang the bell and sometimes the bell rang him. Does this, come on, somebody. Does that sound familiar? Here's this guy who when he succeeded, succeeded well, but when he failed, he failed bad. And yet he's writing these words in Psalm 139, 13. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He is stepping back in his life saying, wait a minute, I'm not a mess up. I mean, it may not have been exactly the way I thought it should be, but I'm no mess up. Matter of fact, God knitted me together in my mother's womb. I am intricately made by God that I'm not an accident. Maybe that's a part of our perception that will change some things in our life to make tomorrow seem more hopeful than today is to recognize that, man, God God knew me before I was born. He knitted me together. God put me together. Which I mean, I think is extremely important for some of us to think because we always want to be like somebody else. Well, if I can just be like, you know, I mean, I can say this about, well, if I could just be like Chris Hodges, if I could just pastor a church like church in Birmingham, if I could just, and you live your entire life just wishing you were somebody else instead of celebrating who you are. Celebrate the gifts and the talents and the personality that God put in your life. Celebrate the fact that you were, you were knit together. You were put together by God. 
to be just who you are. And you're amazing. Matter of fact, David said, you're wonderfully made. But then he, he hops down to 139.16. He hops down to the 16th verse and just read this with me. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. What a thought. What a thought that even when your body was unformed in the womb, that, that God took out a book, proverbially, but think about it, that God took out a book with your name on it. And he started writing a story about you. Oh, you mean, hold on, I just thought, wait a minute, now, hold on, time out now. I just thought that, I, you know, I just, I just pulled the lucky draw here and I just figured out how to do it. No, 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 God wrote that in the book. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. God wrote a story about you. That's a successful story. That's a powerful, wonderful, amazing story. See, the problem, here's the problem, is that Throughout the course of our life, if we're not careful, we let other pages get inserted in the text. See, there's moments in my life where I realized I was no longer living off of God's story for me, but I was living off of a page that was inserted by me or by someone else. The story that God had ordained for me, I had strayed from that story in. And to find my way back. Happiest days of our lives are the days where we realize and recognize that we're living right in the heart of God's story. Right in the heart of... What about those days in the story of my life where I, where I suffered from depression? I don't think God ordained that depression, but life had a way of curving me out, and now I find myself struggling. What about the, those days in my story where I felt so all alone? There's nothing more redeeming than coming back and realizing this, and this is the thing that you've got to hear if you will trust God, if you will trust Him. He has a way of being in charge of the last chapter. This is that hope. This is that future that I'm trying to speak into our hearts today. That God is so interested in you that he has already written the chapter of your success. I had such a deep, deep, deep desire in my heart to tell somebody just how special you are to God today. Yeah, we have a vision for the church. We're going to build a playground. We're going to do this. We're going to do hey, we got a vision for the church. We're going to reach our community. We're going to minister to more kids. We're going to knock out walls. Hey, we got a vision for the church. But the, none of that matters if we don't get the second half. None of that matters if we can't implant in the hearts of people, in the minds of people, that they matter to God. It doesn't matter how many playgrounds we put up. Doesn't matter how many rooms we expand, doesn't matter how many buildings we build or how many soccer fields we build, it doesn't matter. 
At the end of the day, we're not looking people straight in the eye and saying, God's got a good chapter for you. God's got a good chapter for you. God wants your life to be a life of significance. And that's going to start when you get a better perception of yourself. Stop reading the chapter that was put in your life by someone who misused you or abused you. Stop reading that chapter. Matter of fact, I, they're, they're, I, I just wish they, I could just... I wish it were possible just to reach inside your head and pull out the book and just jerk some chapters out where somebody said you were worthless. Somebody harmed you and made you. God, I wish I could just rip that out and say, you know, that's not, that wasn't written by God. That's not a part of the story you need to be reading. Stop reading that part of the story and get back into the book where God said, I love you, I care for you, you're important to me, you're so valuable that I, that I sent my one and only son to the cross to die for you so valuable today is that day I want to pray for us would you stand with me I want to pray for us today is that day today is that day I want to I want to do something right now if you just bow your heads for a moment Normally, right now, I would ask people, if you want to make a commitment to the Lord or rededicate your life to the Lord, just raise a hand. But I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not going to have you raise your hand. I, I'm just going to pray with us all, and everybody pray. And if, if, if you really want to begin to understand the story of God in your life, and you say, I need to make a rededication to the Lord, just pray with us all. Just pray with us. And we're going to celebrate it because I know there's somebody in this room that you weren't about to raise your hand, but you're about to pray this prayer. And you were, you were like, I am not raising my hand, man. But I believe you're going to pray. I believe it with all my heart. So everybody, just pray with me, okay? I'm going to, I'm going to pray, and I want you to repeat the prayer, and I think it's going to help somebody. So pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you right now that I have this opportunity to dedicate my life to you. I declare Jesus Christ as my Lord and I want to live in the plan that God has written for me. I thank you for helping me today and I thank you for your love. In Jesus' name. All right, now we're going to celebrate because, you know, I know somebody just prayed that there. Hallelujah. I know somebody just prayed that minute. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Let me pray for us together. Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the time we've had together that you've given them the opportunity to think about just how important they are to you. I pray your blessing on every one of our lives. I pray that this week is the most blessed week we've ever lived. I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you would would meet and supply every person's need according to your riches and glory. And I pray that your peace, love, and joy rest upon our heart in Jesus' name. In just a few moments, our ushers are going to come. We always take our offering and receive an offering at the end of the service.